Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKings DFS picks of the week. So, Grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I'm Joe Niehoff. Tonight, I'm joined by both John and Bobby, and we got a show for you. It is the week of the first round of the playoffs for many of you footballers, fantasy footballers. So we're going to wish you best of luck, and I think we got some good advice for you this week. But before we dive into that, I'm very proud to say that I beat John last week, and he has to drink 40s. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, very important to note, we tried going to the gas station and every other liquor store that we could find, and we could not find any 40s. So Eventually, I will find a 40 and drink a 40, but tonight, tonight yes. I found a replacement for tonight. So why don't we let you, John? Well, first of all, before we got dive into this, John and I played last week. The winner in is, a winner go home, where the or a win winner go home, and the loser is still in the playoffs. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what happened. So it was like totally a winner go home, and then by some miraculous happenings, uh, we both made the playoffs by your by your dad <laughs> losing. Yeah, it's and, and but losing so poorly. That you were allowed to pass him in point score, so it was uh, it was a it was interesting. So congratulations, John is still in the playoffs somehow. Uh, but anyway, why don't you start, John, by telling us what you got? I in mean your, that in that team glasses. is still garbage and going nowhere. That's true. Yeah. So tonight I am drinking a couple of uh, twenty-four ounces of PBR. PBR is the first beer I had in Atlanta when I moved here. Ah, I didn't know that. And the lady at the bar who. Uh, I ordered it from goes, do you even know where PBR comes from? I was like, lady, I'm, you're in Atlanta. I'm from Minnesota. I think I know where PBR comes from. <laughs> I'm sure that conversation was fun. So why don't you tell everybody where it comes from? Because I know some people don't. Wisconsin, your favorite place. Uh-huh. That's right. Not, and by Wisconsin, John still thinks because I drafted Devontae Adams in two different leagues that it's my favorite place. Yeah, you're getting a, you're getting a Devontae. <clears throat> you understand, Joe. Is that, what I'm getting, is that what you got for me this year? No, is that's, that at least you, that's what Brittany got. <laughs> You've uh, made it this way, Joe. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Bobby, what do you got? Uh, tonight, this actually I got when you were in Minnesota, Joe, a while back. Um, I went to Wild Minds uh, Artisan Ales, which is in South Minneapolis, um, and there they actually have a the uh, uh, brewery, and then they also have a place where you get coffee, a cafe. No, what's the place called? A cafe. Anyways, um, coffee. I started yeah, drinking this. I. I started drinking this a while back, a while ago. Um, so it is actually a, a stout, but it's a it's a blonde stout. Um, so it, it's a you know kind of that creamer, creamy kind of a color. Um, it has their cold brew in it with some lemon puree, and they threw some vanilla beans, some Minnesota 
made honey and some toasted coconut. And uh, so this is like, it's, it's a weird combination of uh, like coffee and beer all together in this just delicious drink. Um, It's not overly sweet or overpowering in any kind of flavor, but it's got a lot of, a lot of character to it. They're one of the um, better breweries in my mind, at least in Minnesota, always a great event space. And when I lived down in South Minneapolis, I could uh, throw a rock at their building if I needed to. That's so I'm a very big fan of wild minds. Very good. Very good. Another, uh, what was the name of this particular beer that they had again? Is it this, wild minds or is that the place? No, the place is called wild mind. This is their grind mind. Grind mind. All right. Very good. Yes. And so I have, as I always do, opened it up from the bottom and it will be pristinely placed onto the wall at the end of the night. Nice. I love it. Very good. Uh, well, after last week uh, and having the guy from 21 uh, Liquor do the wine tasting for us, that place was awesome. That, that whole experience was fantastic. Wine? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, wine. T- I did say wine, didn't I? Bourbon tasting. Like, Sorry, huh? 21 liquors with the bourbon tasting. Um, I decided to go uh, back after having those. I don't want to drink all those too fast. So tonight I'm going back to my straight edge. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Find it at any total wine store or 21 uh, liquors uh, in South Atlanta or in Atlanta. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's my spot that I'm uh, or that's the, this is the, the liquor of choice tonight for me. Uh, nothing too far as far to go down the path of what's in it, all the different flavor notes, all that kind of fun stuff. You've heard that all from me before. Uh, this, for me, is just a very smooth, easy-drinking bourbon. Put a little bit of, uh, on the rocks, and you're ready to rock and roll. If you want, put a little water in it, too. But uh, for the most part, you can drink this one on the rocks. Very straight, very even, not too spicy, um, and really just goes down smooth and easy. So that's what I got for you tonight uh, as my cocktail. But let's dive into some football, huh? Uh, I think we're going to talk a lot about uh, some COVID stuff going on this week. Uh, I know there's a lot of teams that are being a little bit struck by that. I know as a Viking fan, we're a little worried for Kirk. He better stay inside and not <laughs> not catch anything because that might hurt us if he does. But going into this week, Bobby uh, and John, we have some good games for you. And I think this is the most prepared we've been uh, to give you some advice than we've been all season. Uh, and it's in good timing because it's the playoffs, man. Yeah, it is. We had to really prepare for this. Gives you guys some insight. So why don't we get things started, kicked off here. Um, I'm not sure who has it, but Kansas City, Chargers, Thursday night football game. Who's got it? I got them. So I want to talk about one of the more disappointing players. <laughs> Not if you look at where he is overall, but if you look at where he was, where you dropped him to what you expected is Kelsey. He's the fourth mm-hmm. highest tight end for in PPR for average points fourth per game. Tight end. We talk about him being a top wide receiver. Yeah, and he's fourth. <laughs> if you look at straight average. So he has yeah. more points than Gronk, but Gronk has a better average. Sure. He has more points than Kittle, but Kittle has a higher, higher average. Yeah. Right. But I look for him as that he is going to be a salt. He's going to be the number one tight end this week. I think this is the week where he, if you drafted him in the first round, still made the playoffs, which I think is probably easy considering how terrible the running backs have done sure. in the first four picks. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be the tight end one this week. 
um, against the Chargers, who allowed the third most fantasy points against tight ends and allowed 10 TDs to tight ends this season. Yeah, only four but, games with no touchdowns by the tight end position against them. Yeah, I think he is – I think he is just going to break out this week. Um, so I think he's just kind of been disappointing, but I think this is kind of the week where he shines again. Yeah, I like it. And I, I think, you know, one note to, to say, I, the point you made was where he was drafted, and I agree with that. However, like you said, he, I think he still provided some value even where he was drafted because he's still the most – consistent tight end as far as healthy all season, most points maybe at the position. So you're still getting a value out of him. Well, he, he doesn't right he, 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 yeah, I just he doesn't have you got. the most points at the position though. I think Mark Andrews. <clears throat> Mark Andrews has the most points at the like position. Like if you look at like getting Mark Andrews in like the fourth or fifth round compared to Kelsey, he mm-hmm. didn't give you right. the like he didn't give you that like seven, eight point um per game over the rest of the position that you were expecting. Yeah. Right. And at this point, at this point in the season, you're expecting him to have like 250 points and he has like 195. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last year it was just astronomical how much more he was above everybody else. Yeah. I think he's still, I think it shows he's still a safe pick and can have, but he's going to be 32 next year. So he could have a drop off. Well, the next year he's maybe a second or third round guy instead of a first. Yeah. He'll be a, He'll probably drop to the third round, just given some of that regression back to that average of top tight ends. Absolutely, absolutely, very good. All right, good, good analysis. Game one. Next one is Vegas Cleveland. This one's mine, and it is our first Saturday game of the season. Um, and uh, this is going to be moving forward, so I think it's really important for people to understand. It might be the first Saturday game. True, there could be. This could be canceled because of COVID. Uh, we don't really know how that's all going to end up just yet. Um, but that's actually what I'm going to focus on in our game. First, it's Saturday game, but I'm going to talk about just COVID in general and players that are questionable in this game and may or may not play, right? So first and foremost, Baker Mayfield's on the COVID list. Uh, Kareem Hunt is doubtful. Jarvis Landry, COVID. Hooper, COVID. Njoku, COVID. You have uh, Hunter Bryant, the third-string tight end, is questionable. Um, so lots of injuries or COVID designations for the Browns. And then on Dal- or in, and then on Vegas' side, both Waller and Moreau are both considered questionable. They may not play, although Moreau is more than likely going to play, and Drake is on IR. So if I look at this, the one thing that I think the fantasy impact it has here, more than anything else, I mean, that's really what we're talking about. We're going into your – uh, playoffs here. So what do we look at as far as startable players um, based off of these injuries? Like, for example, uh, you know, Chubb is an absolute no-brainer. I wouldn't even consider not starting him, but he could have a huge week for you because uh, he might be one of the only healthy, real, real true healthy players uh, that's even available. Uh, on the other side note to this, if you if you stream like defenses for example maybe the Raiders are a decent defense to stream this week going against a very limited Browns team right um, or maybe you look at uh, streaming quarterbacks maybe Case Keenum comes into play not necessarily somebody that I'd be that excited about but it gives you an idea of the type of things that come into play when something like this is going through a team um, so for me just as a side note to this on the Cleveland side 
the only true absolute starter, which is sometimes in a playoff you might start Hunt, but I think Chubb is the only one. Landry had a decent week for those who had him last week and had played well since he's been back, but you can't really start him with the COVID designation. So the only guy that you really are considering is, is Chubb, uh, and everybody else is kind of the question marks up in the air. I think I should give myself a little pat on the back from the Hooper call last week. Yeah. yeah. Tight end five on the week. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, but, but you, he had for those of you. But he now has COVID, so yeah. yeah. For those uh, of you following just, us on Twitter, you maybe caught that tweet on uh, Sunday morning that uh, we had sent out about Hooper being a great play in DFS, especially, uh, along with some Cincinnati wide receivers that ended up paying off at the end of that game there. Yep. Um, yep. So it's a, it's a good follow. We do throw out some good stuff every now and then. I agree. <laughs> All right, next is our Saturday game. So the another Saturday game, New England, Indianapolis. I believe that's uh, that's the night game at seven fifteen kickoff for yep. those in the Central Time Zone here. Oh, God, you gave um, Bobby New England. I Bobby gave Bobby New England. Bobby gave Bobby New England. I, why did we this, to talk this game? Jones. All right, honestly, that's all it is. Honestly, this game is going to be more interesting on an NFL perspective than a fantasy perspective. Um, New England's second – I'm just going to talk about the quarterbacks because the only player really in this game that you're starting is Jonathan Taylor. I don't know that you can trust anybody else, especially in the playoffs. Um, and part of that is just New England has allowed in the last five games three passing touchdowns, no more than 11 points to quarterbacks. So if you're even thinking about starting Carson Wentz, please don't. This defense has only allowed uh, over 20, uh, 20 points three times all season. That was to Dallas, somehow to Houston, and to New Orleans, bizarrely, as well. Um, but beyond that, after week six, they've allowed 10, 13, 1, 8, negative 1.6, uh, 8, and 11 points. I mean, this is just... If anything, this is a defense that you maybe want to start, but um, I think this is going to be much more interesting as just an NFL game than fantasy. So you trust Taylor. Everyone else is pretty much bench-worthy. Yeah, I I don't know why you chose quarterbacks to talk about and then you didn't talk about them. <laughs> I, I just did. What are you talking about? You, well, I mean, you kind of I gave all kinds of stats about how good New England's defense is against the quarterback position specifically. Yeah, so you said how good New England's defenses were, not how good the quarterbacks may or may not be. I, you basically said don't start the fucking quarterbacks. <laughs> I, I said don't start <laughs> anyone. So really what you went, really wanted to talk about was the defenses. It's okay, Bobby. I have a question for you since this was your game. Um, I am a guy that happens to have and almost have to start uh, okay. Harris or Stevenson because I have him on a team. I mean, what do you, who do you think has the more impactful week with Harris coming off the hamstring, but they were on a bye, he's practicing. You know, th that's my question. I mean, that's one borderline starter for a lot of people that may or may not be in the playoffs uh, in their fantasy spots. Well, who do you think? What do I, you would, I would not start either one of them. You, again, you can't really trust anyone else except for uh, Jonathan Taylor. This um, – Colts defense outside of a four touchdown performance by Tampa Bay 
had allowed three rushing defenses all season long. Okay. That so, was I, I was asking between the two because no, in some I, circumstances, I opt, I opt for guys neither. have to start one or the other. <laughs> I opt for neither. But I, that's Both not of them are bad I think, Don't play either one of them. Find somebody else to play. About you? I'm going to stop talking to Bobby for who's, a second. Joe, who's, I, out, who's, out, there to, who's out there to pick up is what I'm saying. I don't want to start Harris nobody. or it's Stevenson. The, the, who is out there, there to pick up? The There's somebody out there to pick up. What running backs are available? Selvin Ahmed for Miami, right? Yeah, especially if if Gaskin doesn't play. If Gaskin's not playing, Ahmed's a great play. Yeah. yeah. I'm just a god. That Why'd just... you pick Ahmed out? Well, out I of everyone actually, you could have said. I think he's actually available okay. in, in that league. But right. that's why I said it. But you know, I just I so, need to know. I, so John, I, I start, don't like either one of them. If Harris is healthy, you go with Harris? Yeah. Okay. What if Harris is still questionable coming into the day? I mean, you'll, you'll know. know before the game starts whether or not Harris is going to play. It's a Saturday day, game. Fair yeah. Time. All right, thank you. And go with neither How of them. How is that them. so hard? If Harris doesn't play, do you start Stevenson? Obviously, then yeah. Yes, of course. I don't even know. Don't expect anything was, because they've allowed three touchdowns all yeah. season long until Tampa Bay came in and inexplicably gave up four. Like this is a great defense. I love how especially we against to, the run. We tried. I tried to. Steam, I tried to make this. We tried to streamline the process. And Bobby and, still ends up talking about New England for five minutes. <laughs> I did not do this. This is all Joe. This is all oh, Joe. Oh, stop it. All right, it's my turn. The next game is Dallas versus the Giants. And this is a Sunday day game. So, well, we're getting into the Sunday games now. Uh, I looked through this for a little while. I couldn't really – I was debating on which one I wanted to talk about. And I decided to talk about the wide receiver group here. I think this is where more question marks will come in as far as, like, fantasy relevance and – you know, expectations, but not only expectations, really kind of like are these guys kind of those borderline flex positions or borderline W or wide receiver number twos? Do you start them? Do you not start them? That kind of thing. So obviously for me here, Lamb and Cooper are no-brainers. Um, those guys should be in the starting lineup. Uh, Cooper at a minimum should be a flex. Um, probably a wide receiver too, in my opinion. Probably be in the top 24 wide receivers this week going against the Jets defense. It's not that great. Um but at a minimum, like I said, those guys are in your starting lineup. The ones that become the question marks here are going to be Gallup, who's been you know back and playing and doing somewhat well. Um, but Gallup, and then on the New York Giants side, it's uh, Galladay and Shepard. So first and foremost, uh, one thing to statistically to be aware of is uh, the Giants' defense against the pass is 23rd against wide receivers according to DraftKings. Um, the Gi- or, I'm sorry, that's the Giants' defense against the pass. The Dallas defense against wide receivers are 27th. However, Trayvon Diggs is 7th among cor- cornerbacks, you know, allowing only 49 receptions all year. He has 9 interceptions, lead the league, okay? And 49 receptions in 13 games is an average of 3 catches allowed per game. So, what does that mean to the wide receiver group on specifically on the Giants side? Um, I think it's a lot more difficult to start guys like Galladay, who's going to be lining up on the outside, not in a slot, probably matched up on the other side of Diggs all day. So, hold um, on, hold on. This, I know, I know, this is an audio podcast a bit more of a startable player. Stop. I know that this is an audio podcast, 
but anyone out there listening, please raise your hand if you ever gave any thought to starting a wide receiver for the Giants this week specifically. Nobody raised their hand, Joe. Nobody I did. I saw at least two people raise their hand. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's starting these guys. If you are, you're not in the playoffs. Bobby, I don't think you're right about that. Shepard's been a stud when he's played for the most part all season. He's only played seven games or whatever it is, but right. he's been good. So, so if you have him on your team, you're probably So if not you have him on your him. team, you're thinking about starting him this week. Who's their That's, quarterback this week, Joe? It's probably going to be Jones. No. You're very he's wrong about that. has got a questionable that. mark, Bob. Let's yeah, talk about it. I, like, look, at you're ruining what I – this is my game, not yours, all right? Just, well, limited in practice on Wednesday. He was walking through the walkthroughs, and there's a, a hope that he'll be a candidate play. Yeah, he's not going to play. Okay, well, then Mike Glennon plays, right? I mean, yeah. He, Don't start a quarterback. Don't start a wide receiver with Mike Glennon playing. Bobby, Mike Glennon scored 20 points last week against a good Chargers defense. Threw two touchdowns, yeah. 191 yards passing, and threw the ball 36 times. Yeah, don't don't do it. I'm just saying, like this is it's not the playoffs. a matchup against there, the Dallas there, defense. Is there a bet here? Yeah, what's the bet? What's, there I don't be a bet. I'm sick of you already tonight. This is going to be amazing. Um, right. No, I say no. Giants wide receiver is in the top 27. Okay, because that means they would be startable. Not startable. Yeah, which is more like top 30. I agree. It's probably more like top 30 because that gives them a flex spot. Right. You're saying they're not – don't even consider starting don't, – Don't even consider starting a Giants wide receiver. Any one of them. None okay. of them. So then I get the top 30 for any wide receiver for the Giants. This right. Done. I'm, I'm in on that deal. Okay. All right. Moving on to the next game. an interesting bet. It is an interesting bet. It's probably a good bet. I know I'm going to win that one. Houston-Jacksonville. Who is it? Who's that down? Boy, is this really an exciting game. Uh-huh. We've been waiting for this one all year, folks. Yeah. We have had this one circled on our calendar. Um, Houston has been allowing the fifth most points to running backs, but I would still keep all of my Jacksonville Jaguars on the bench this week. Um, Just because with Robinson, if he fumbles the ball, he's going to be on the bench. He's been injured and it's questionable. I I would not start Hyde. Um. Let's be real, John. If if Robinson looks at Urban Meyer wrong, he's going to be on the bench. <laughs> yeah, or if there's like a 20-year-old in the bleachers that's flirting <laughs> with Robinson, he's going to be on the bench. <laughs> I think the only person I would consider starting this week is Cooks against Jake's defense. They've been middle of the road against wide receivers. But I expect this to be kind of low-paced, low-scoring game. So, Cooks is the only one that really has upside. I think he had um, finally had a good game last week. But there really isn't anyone other than Cooks that I would consider starting. Unless you're Robinson, if you're really in a pinch at um, running back in the playoffs. No, no disagreement from me here. Yeah, let's yes. get pa- let's get past that game. Yeah, good. Seattle, L.A. Rams. I believe that's you, Bobby. That's me. Again. Oh, John, double it up. All right. Uh, Seattle has been top six. 
seven against wide receivers this year, but Jamal Adams just went out for the rest of the year, and OBJ is also on the COVID list. So I think this means it could be a big week for Van Jefferson, and I think he could be a wide receiver too, so in, inside the kind of top 24 wide receiver in week 15. And then I think Cup will continue to have his great run. Um, and I really think he could be – if he continues this run and um, if you um, – if, if there aren't any really big changes to the offense, I think he could be a top three pick overall next year. And I think with um, Metcalf nursing an injury, it could be – it could spell for a big week for Lockett, but could also – I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, Metcalf is out, if Lockett just gets double covered and it's just one of those blowout games where the Rams get up by, you know, 20, 30 points, and then it just the Seattle just can't do anything. But I think Van Jefferson could have a big week with um, Adams coming, with Adams being out in the secondary. Love it. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I don't think I disagree with that. I, the interesting comment, though, on Cup being a top three pick next year. When was the last time that a wide receiver was a top three pick in, in fantasy football? Um, Brown. Antonio Brown. Yeah. Maybe um, um, Megatron after his big year. Yeah. So yeah. I think if you look at, I look at it. I was thinking about this earlier. You look at how disappointing the top five running backs have been. Yep. Cup is just his value is really just on how many targets he gets. I really don't see that changing just based on the position he plays, and it's kind of harder to double cover him because he has a lot of the short intermediate routes. Okay. So I just think he it you look at you just want to have a safe pick in the top three with upside. And he's seems like he might be the safest pick next year. Yeah, I mean I, I outside I, maybe like I'd probably take Taylor over him. Oh, I was just gonna say outside of maybe Taylor, right? I mean Yeah. That's a great point. Right. Your your top picks are in a in next year's draft. So it's gonna be like Taylor Austin Eckler, probably Cooper Cup or, or some other wide receivers are going to probably be mixed into that top five, top seven picks. You'll probably have a mix of three running backs and four pass catchers. Um, maybe a tight end sneaks into that top seven in terms of who you're looking at next season for uh, those first couple picks there. Yeah, I like it. <clears throat> All right, very good. Next game we have on the tap. Hold on. That was L.A., right? That was Rams. Mm-hmm. Where did they go? What about uh, Washington, Philly? I am all over the place. Okay, well, I'm doing Washington, Philly. Okay. So, I'm going to talk about pass catchers here for Washington against uh, the Eagles here. Um Terry McLaurin is in the concussion protocols, trending towards playing this week, but we'll see what happens there. Philadelphia is actually the third best defense when it comes to wide receiver position. They've allowed three touchdowns in the last six games, and Terry McLaurin is the ultimate hit or miss wide receiver. He's either like a top seven wide receiver on the week or nearly unstartable. Um, And so he is more of a, if he plays, uh, it's hard to sit him because of that potential, but he's more of a flex play than anything else. 
the way that a team attacks the Philadelphia secondary is with Ricky Seals Jones uh, with Logan Thomas hitting the IR um, tight end position. They're actually the, the Eagles are the worst this season against the tight end. They allow on average almost a touchdown every single game to the tight end position throughout the entirety of the season and three touchdowns in the last three games. Um, so highly upgrade Ricky Seals Jones. Um, and then you got kind of flex plays on the other uh, when it comes to um, um, Terry McLaurin. Now, Philadelphia pass catchers, if you have Dallas Goddard, it's hard to sit him. He's been playing phenomenally the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is one of the better defenses against tight ends. Uh, they only allowed one catch against the Las Vegas last week um, and only 12 catches in the last four games with uh, some of those games, including Tampa Bay, Carolina, Seattle. Um, but they have allowed a couple touchdowns in the last four games there as well. Uh, that's for Philly tight ends with uh, Dallas Goddard. Devonta Smith, I like him a lot more this week uh, versus Washington than I do uh, Terry McLaurin. So if I had to choose between those two, I'm leaning Devonta. Uh, Washington is second, uh, sorry, third worst against wide receivers all season long. They didn't give up any touchdowns to wide receivers last week against Las Vegas, um, and only three touchdowns in the last four games to this position. Um, but this being their time, their first time meeting this season, we don't have a lot of other information when it comes to uh, like how is Smith going to go up against the secondary. Philly's at home. I think Smith has a big game. Um, that's just a gut call that way. And with that, you're starting Jalen Hurts. This is the worst uh, passing defense or when it comes to fantasy scoring. So um, very much leaning that way. Bobby, you want to do a bet? I'll take uh, McLaurin. Yes. Take Smith. Yeah. Let's go for it. All right, Bobby, I got I got a trivia question for you. And that that this is obviously our, our bet this week. If McLaurin does sit, I'm not going to – it's well, a yeah. null bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bobby, here's All a right, question that? for you. What position and team did Logan Thomas start his career as? Logan Thomas? He was a quarterback for, like, BYU or something, wasn't he? Oh, what no, NFL, NFL team? NFL team. What NFL team? Yeah. Was he a Buffalo Bill? He was an Arizona Cardinal. He was a cardinal. He threw a touchdown. I knew, touch they, I knew, knew, knew they were. Did you yeah. touchdown for him? That's all. I didn't know he threw a touchdown. Yeah. I was gonna guess the Cleveland Browns because they had. I, I was gonna say I know. <laughs> I, I know. I've seen him wearing red and throwing a touchdown. Yeah. Or the sorry New York Jets. That would have been the other guess. All right. Um. Next game, and I totally jumped the gun on that LA Rams game, but it was good insight, John. You did a really good job. Next game is Tennessee versus Pittsburgh, and that is my game. Um, so, uh, I've, my theme, I think for this week is talking about some guys that are borderline starters in your fantasy playoff teams, uh, specifically for the games that we're looking at. So this game in particular, I'm looking at Julio Jones, uh, who's healthy and supposed to play chase Claypool, Ben Roethlisberger, Foreman and Hilliard. Okay. So those are all guys. I think that really realistically, Bobby's going to say, if you're in the playoffs, these guys shouldn't be on your team. (laughs) You know, whatever bullshit. So that was a really good impression of me. I, I think I it really was. That. It was. A, it was kind that of was, a whiny right. bitch noise, that was, and that's that was, was kind of spot on there, Joe. Next to me for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Was, so anyway, really Julio Jones. If you have him, uh, here's the biggest thing for me on him. 
he's going to get a lot of volume. And if you look at Pittsburgh last week, obviously against the Vikings, they gave up some big plays. Um, so I think that just pure volume-wise, if you have him, he's not a terrible flex play, okay? Um, that puts him, in my opinion, in the top 30 of players available at the wide receiver position. Um, so I think he's probably going to be pretty close to that, or at least he has a good shot to be. So I think he's a startable player. On the running back side, I think last week proved to us that it's really Foreman's backfield moving forward. Or not, I guess, it, did they play last week? They didn't play last week. But I think the, the they, last time we saw them. That's right. So they did play, play last week. Last time we saw them, whatever, last week they played. I think Foreman is the guy there. He had a total of 15 touches. I think it was 13 carries and two catches. Uh, yeah, I think he had 12 points and they were all in the first quarter. Yeah, yep. He scored on a rushing touchdown, I think, and, and that was his biggest thing. But anyway, so I think Foreman's the guy. Um, he's definitely startable. Hilliard gave you a taste of what he could do in his first game kind of involved, but he only had six carries last week, no catches, who some people thought he'd be more the receiving back, and Foreman took two get two grabs. So I, I think Foreman's the guy, and I do think he's startable, especially for those that are looking for that running back to replace maybe an injured guy like a Henry, obviously, in this case. but Maybe someone who's out on your waiver wire that you should start over any New England running backs. Yeah, great point. If, if he's available on your waiver wire, which highly doubt that he is, um, but if he were to be available, he'd be a, a decent or startable guy, I think, this week going against Pittsburgh. And we all just saw the Vikings run for over 200 yards against them. So uh, so anyway, I think those guys are, are options. Hilliard, I just wouldn't put there. Uh, I mean, if you absolutely need him as a flex, then you might be able to get a decent week out of him. It's just it's kind of so- hit or miss. On ESPN, Deanza Foreman is only about 40%, or I'm sorry, 60% owned, so he's 40% available. There is yeah. a good chance, potentially, that Foreman is available for you to go and grab. So I maintain, I'll take Deanta Foreman against your New England running backs. Go. Oh, no, no. I think the Foreman's matchup significantly better, and I think he's going to be. So go pick him up and play him, Joe. He's not available, Bob. Jesus. Yeah, he is. Go pick Sorry, him up. Sorry, your 40% of availability doesn't account ESPN, for the leagues that I'm in. ESPN availability is garbage. It is really garbage. But anyway, I don't matter. like CMC is still, is still starting in 20% leagues. Not only that, but I also bet that most of those leagues they include aren't 12 man leagues, and that's the only league I play in is 12 person leagues. I bet in a 12 person league, he's 90% owned. You're fancy, aren't you? Actually, Bill? I've been in a 12-person league. He's 100% owned. I wonder if you can look that well, up. Well, in, like, in leagues where people pay attention, he's on. Well, in the, well, 100%. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I didn't even get into this yet, but Claypool and Roethlisberger. So Roethlisberger sucked in the first half, was really good in the second half, and flat out, I don't think he's a startable option this week, even though Tennessee's defense is good. He is considered questionable this week as well, something to pay attention to. So I don't – I mean, if you're streaming quarterbacks, which some people still are, even in the playoffs, um, I don't know that he's a guy that I'm considering. Claypool, however – I got a streamable quarterback for you later. All right, well, listen to that. At Claypool, however, I do think could be a top 30 play, which puts him at a, a, a chance to get into the top 30 because, again, I think the matchup against Tennessee – is a good matchup. Is so, he in the shit house though? I don't know because he played all the way through the end of the game last but, week. You know, here did you see, did you see the video? It was not Claypool's fault. 
No, yeah, it is. No, 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 it is. What's he celebrating for? I where but hey, no need to celebrate. Hendrick you don't took celebrate. That threw it backwards. No, he didn't throw. Yeah. He, you don't. He no, flipped. but you don't Correct. celebrate. Yeah. You run the you you watch how Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best wide receivers in NFL Thank history, yes. <laughs> he he sprints, he puts the ball on the ground, he gets to his position, he's ready for the ball to get spiked or or the next play, whatever happened there. But he didn't do his little showboaty thing and look, even allow another player to hit that ball out of his hands. That's what Correct. you do in I, that situation. No, I'm, I'm, I agree with you, but I don't think what I'm trying to say is I don't think he's in the doghouse in Mike Tomlin's eyes. Especially because be. they're still fighting for a playoff spot, and he is one of the best options in, at wide receiver. Um, so I think he plays. So anyway, I think he is a borderline flex play. So if you absolutely need him, he could be somebody there. Uh, I spent enough time on Tennessee Pittsburgh, so let's move on to the next one. Arizona and Detroit. Arizona Detroit. Who's got All it? Right. I'm going to talk oh, – that's me. I'm going to talk about pass catchers again here. Mainly the biggest thing is DeAndre Hopkins – Looking like he's probably gonna get shut down for the rest of the season. So I, think I saw some, something today that he is out the rest of yeah, the remainder. Yeah, of the yeah. yeah, for for the remainder of the regular season at least, yeah. he'll be back for the playoffs, and and that's what Arizona's focus is right now. Is hey, let's get you healthy because we need you for when the playoffs come around. Um, so that really ups the value of Christian Kirk, AJ Green, and even Rondell Moore all into uh, uh, definitely a startable territory. Definitely three wide receivers that will be, um, you know, in the at least having that potential of the top three. Detroit's defense, uh, passive defense is not good, and that's kind of being kind of nice to them. Um, other side of the ball, uh, looking at Detroit, um, what's his name? The St. Brown. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is an interesting streamer if you need it. Uh, the last two games, he has 18 catches, a touchdown, um, averaging about 19 points per game through those two games. Uh, so just kind of an interesting development there. Um, Josh Reynolds, I don't know that you're playing him in anything other than like a DFS kind of a play. And so there's not much else to talk about, um, you know, receiver-wise outside of T, uh, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, he is typically a top 10 tight end, uh, but this is one of the best defenses when it comes to um, uh, fantasy points allowed. They've allowed two touchdowns all season long, and TJ Hawkinson might not even play. Um, he is questionable coming into the week. And so something to really keep an eye on uh, him and DeAndre Swift, both guys to, to really focus on this week and see what is actually going to happen here. Oh, I got um, a bet. This is a really dumb bet. I'll ask John if he wants to be a part of it. I bet that Swift plays. No. <laughs> now you don't want to take that bet? All right. Keep going, Bob. That was it. Okay, good. Awesome. Next on the tap. The Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. This is the other one I circled this week. I was really excited and about guess, this one. Guess who gets to talk about this game, too? Who? Me. <laughs> Let's hear it, John. All right. So, the sorry Jets have allowed the most points to RBs in all fantasy. So, if Gaskin's healthy, and it looks like he's going to be off the COVID list this week. So, if he's healthy, 
I expect him to be a borderline RB1 top 12 this week. And I think if you look at the situation for the Jets, Michael Carter should be coming back this week. And before he went on IR, he was really performing well. But if you look at the Jets team overall, their top two wide receivers are are on IR. So even though um, uh, the – so the New York – Miami is a top seven run defense for the year. So even if Carter comes back, I still don't expect him to really be startable with the top two wide receivers on IR because I think that Miami will just stack the box and just tell Wilson to throw. So I really don't think any Jet is startable. And really the only people I would start would be Gaskin and then – uh, Parker and Waddle are probably both startable too. But I really think Miami's just going to kind of, you know, control the clock and run the ball a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot more to have to talk about that yeah. game. Uh, just like Houston, Jacksonville. But um, I, I mean, I think I have uh, Gaskins in a league. And if he plays, I think that could be the difference between me winning this week and me losing this week. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, what is next on our list? We are talking about Washington, Philly, Carolina, Buffalo. Who's got that one? Well, that would be me. Two in a row for you again, Justin. <laughs> Great. You're pretty much done now. All right, let's hear it. I got the Monday night game. Yeah. So I can just, you know, do shots in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Focus Buffalo, on your 40s. <laughs> Buffalo has allowed the fewest points per game to quarterbacks and wide receivers this year. Um, while they've been middle of the road against running backs. So I think Cam is someone who I've liked in the past, just kind of a streaming option, but I think he's really not – I don't see him as startable this week. I even think DJ Moore, um, he might be the only startable wide receiver, but even then I think he's probably – his upside is probably wide receiver three. Yeah. Um, Robbie Anderson could have a good game because – uh, Cam seems to like target him since he came back, but his favorite target is still Rock, still DJ. But I really don't think any of them really have high ceilings. Um, well, I, I think I, I noticed last week PJ uh, uh, Walk, yeah. Walker got in a lot. I mean, he played a good bit of that. Uh, yeah, he came in towards the end, but I think they're still trying to see if Cam can be the guy. Yeah. Just because they know PJ Walker's not a starter. But I think against Buffalo, I'm, if I'm really not – you probably have to start DJ Moore if you have him and you're in the playoffs. You probably sure. don't have a better option. But I'm not feeling good about him. And for Chubba, I don't think Chubba's startable. Even though Buffalo's is middle – Is it just because of Buffalo? Or is well, because... Buffalo's middle of the road, but it's really they've had a, they've had two or three games where they've allowed a lot of points against running backs. But I just don't think that – like Cam is not an elite thrower – so I think they're just going to be another team that kind of loads the box, dares came to throw, and they still have, even with a white out, they still have enough talent where I think they can just shut. Like, I can see them allowing less than 10 points to Carolina, or less than 14. I, I mean, I could see that too. Um, and specifically just against the pass, like I think you said, it's they're going to just limit them to only one thing because Carolina can't do anything else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Good deal. Uh, next game, Cincinnati-Denver. That is me. I get to talk this time. Woo-hoo, Joey! <laughs> All 
All right, uh, position battles for me is this one. And what I mean by position battles is at each position, uh, specifically uh, for Cincinnati wide receiver and specifically running back for Denver, which of those players are starting in a playoff matchup in fantasy football? So I'm going to start on the Cincinnati side because I think they're the more intriguing side as far as just like the challenge of who to play. Um, and in this case, we're obviously talking about Boyd, Chase, and Higgins. Um, Higgins does carry a questionable mark with an ankle. Uh, it sounds like, um, I mean, he played pretty good, even though he was questionable last week. So uh, I can't imagine him not playing. So I assume he plays. Here's the biggest thing about Higgins for me. He, the last three weeks, has led the team in targets. So super active, getting all kinds of touches. They may not be the most productive. I think uh, Jamar Chase may have had more touchdowns in that same time frame. Um, but he's absolutely been a very viable and startable player in fantasy uh, football. So I think that's I think he's startable, and uh, I have him in my lineup if he's on my team. Who, who do you think is the number one wide receiver for Cincinnati this week? I think it's going to be uh, Higgins, to be honest with you. That's who I'd go with. It, you think Higgins will take Chase? Yeah, let's do it. And, and again, I'm assuming he plays with, you know, with no setbacks from an injury standpoint. So yeah, I yeah, think he. I think that's who it is. They both play. Yep. Yep. I got. I got Higgins. You got Chase. And on that note, Chase, uh, I do think Chase has the best upside. Did you see his? Did you see his touchdown last week? Yeah, it was pretty sick. Amazing. Yeah, I think. And, and to that note, I literally just just had this written down on my sheet here. I think Chase has the best upside of the three. Um, I do think Higgins has the best week of the three, um, but Chase with the higher upside, he just has a bigger play capability. So the real question mark comes in is Boyd startable or not? I think he is. Um, now, matchup-wise, Bobby's going to tell you, don't start anybody against Denver's defense. However, out of all the positions in that defense that could be vulnerable from a wide receiver standpoint, the p- position that would be is the slot, and that's where Boyd lines up. So I think he has a decent week as well, and I think he's startable, which means I put him in the top 30 of wide receivers, uh, and I think he's a flex option. Yeah. I mean, in the last, in the last four weeks – to, to uh, emphasize the point that you were making about what I'm about to say. Uh, last four weeks, Denver has given up one touchdown and two only two weeks of uh, over 100 yards, two receivers. And one of those weeks was against Kansas City. Um, so, yeah, their defense is pretty good. Yep, so Bobby doesn't like anything I just said, but that's okay because it's not his game. Uh, and now the, the second question was Gordon versus <laughs> Williams. Both players had good weeks last week. Both players scored two touchdowns last week. And I think in a very quick and easy place to this, I think both players are startable players this week in fantasy we football. Higher. I was just going to get to that. The biggest question mark comes is how good is Cincinnati's defense against the run? And they are good. They are allowed the fourth lowest rushing yards per game. Okay, especially um, since the bye, they've not allowed over 100 yards rushing since their bye in week 10, and only one rushing touchdown thank you. since their bye in week. 10. I think the player with the better week is Melvin Gordon. I'll take Javante. All right, two bets. There you go. One game. Two bets. One game. Uh, and I'm going to make my point heard, and the reason why he had 24 carries last week, coming off of uh, you know the injury where everybody thought Javante Williams, because he had a huge week the week before, was going to be the guy. Javante had 15. And he had one extra catch. Is the only reason why they got even anywhere close points wise. And that catch ended up going for a touchdown. So I think both players are startable if you have them. 
Uh, absolute both options could be in the lineups for you this week, and I think Golden has the better week if you have both. All right, next game. Damn, let's see. Since Atlanta, San Fran. That's got to be Bobby, right? That is me. Um, I'm going to talk about the tight end position here. Um, I do just very quickly like all of the wide receivers for uh, both teams, really. By that, I mean Russell Gage. Um, San Francisco's secondary has given up two touchdowns each of the last three weeks to wide receivers. I think Russell Gage is is uh, going to be very flex-worthy getting you a touchdown this week. Um, but my focus here, I want to emphasize on the tight end position and my hatred for Kyle Pitts. Um, <laughs> I hate Kyle Pitts. God, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> well, since week 10, so we're talking, what, five weeks of, of stats? One, two, three, four. Yeah, since week 10. The um, the secondary here has not allowed the San Francisco secondary, I should say, has not allowed more than seventy yards, and that's actually all season long, except for Week One against Detroit. <laughs> so this is a good secondary against tight ends. They've allowed one touchdown since Week Ten, and that was in Week Ten. They've played every game over the course of the span. I don't see Kyle Pitts as much as uh, the volume is there. He's getting about five, six, seven targets per game, uh, which is good for a tight end. But, again, not what you were expecting from your probably fourth, fifth, maybe a sixth-round pick if he dropped that far in drafts. He's a big disappointment all season long, and he's due to lay a giant egg. Um, The opposite side of the spectrum with George Kittle I think he's going to have one of, well, I want to say his best game, but it's not. It's not going to be his best game because the last two weeks he has over 35 fantasy points each of the last two weeks, so it's hard to hard to beat that. Bobby. But he's going to be at, he's going to be the tight end one at the end of this week. Bobby. Kittle is. Bet. What? You have Kittle, I have Kelsey. Ooh. Ooh. That's a good bet. Ooh, okay. I'll do that. I'll do that. I and who wants to take me saying that Kyle Pitts is a top twelve tight end? Anybody? Oh, John, you want it on that, or does Bobby want it? I know Bobby wants it, but John, do you want it before he gets it? Sure. All right, I got top twelve for Kyle Pitts, and John's got not top twelve. So hard because like they're like tight ends are they're like hundred percent, hundred percent, and and he could be top twelve. I'm just saying. All right, right. all teams, but the the matchup the matchup is too good. That's that's the one thing that I want to emphasize here is the matchup is too good um, for the secondary wise. Like San Francisco's defense against tight ends is elite. Did anybody else gone during Bobby's? explanation of what he was talking about i did yeah <laughs> <laughs> you did yourself all right i'm um, gonna take the next game you're starting Debo and and i very confidently as well i just want to throw Is that Debo healthy yeah taking the green bay game oh you guys did that on mr green bay you did that on purpose it's not my fault biggest packer fans adams himself uh-huh, uh-huh. one of the biggest packer fans uh, 
At least the biggest Packer fan here, that's for sure. Biggest Packer fan in Atlanta. Yeah, Joe Niehoff, take it away. Whatever. Anyway, um, so this game I'm talking specifically about quarterbacks. I'm going to just touch on Aaron Jones because from a fantasy standpoint, it's important you guys uh, know a little bit about his injury. So he does have a knee injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday in, the, in what was just a walkthrough. Limited in a walkthrough is not a good sign. Pay attention to him. A.J. Dillon more than likely is going to get the ball. But the biggest reason why I mentioned the running back in that spot in, in, in general Baltimore Ravens rank first in yards allowed rushing, so I don't see a whole lot coming out of running backs in that game. On the side note of what I really want to focus on here is quarterbacks. So let's look at it. You have two questionable quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers with a toe more than likely to play but could sit. And then you have in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson with an ankle, again, more than likely to play. Both you know, both teams are still vying for positions in, in the playoffs. Um, so they don't want to necessarily have their stars sit, but they could sit them just out of precaution. If both of them sit, I think Jordan Love could actually be a, like a, a streamable guy. Um, not if you're in the playoffs. Listen, if you're in the playoffs, you don't want to touch Jordan Love. But if you're in that like bullshit secondary, you know, like I don't want to take last place in my league because I don't want to have to like wear a wig and dress like a woman or something like I don't fucking know what these things are these days or get some tattoo, then maybe you – take a flyer on a Jordan Love because he is playing against a pretty poor defense against the pass in Baltimore. They're 31st in yards allowed against the pass, 21st against quarterbacks in DraftKings overall. Um, so it could be a good option. Now, to that note, if Rodgers plays, shit, he's going to go off. He's the guy. Like, if, you have, if you're somebody that had Rodgers and maybe you also drafted, like, Kirk Cousins, um, I, I mean, I think I'd go with a Rodgers – no questions asked this, this week. And most weeks you probably would. Um, but Kirk Cousins has been pretty solid throughout the season. So uh, maybe it's a Hurts versus an uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's a great question, right? Because Hurts has a great matchup. Rodgers has a great matchup. Both of them are nursing an injury. I, I think I still go with Rodgers over Hurts in a week like this week. Um, so overall, that gives you an idea. On the quarterback side for Lamar, if he plays temper expectations, the Green Bay Packers have a good, good, solid defense. 11th overall against quarterbacks. Sixth in total yards allowed uh, when it comes to just their their defense as a whole. So it's not going to necessarily be a great week um, for anybody playing in Baltimore, um, but specifically for Lamar Jackson. Uh, he ha- tends to have those kind of midpoint weeks where he scores like 12 to 20 points in a week versus getting you that 25 that you may be striving for with a guy like him. I think this is more that like that twelve to fifteen range uh, as far as points for him if he plays. No bets out of that. Good, awesome. That means no. I had a pretty decent analysis. I mean, I'll bet you that Aaron Rodgers is hard. Well, I didn't want it. That's not a bettable thing. <laughs> All right. All right. New Orleans, Tampa, and that is the last one before the Vikings. That that is me, and the thing that I want to talk about. Well, hey, it's kind of. This is our what? Huh? This is our Sunday night game. Um, it's a good game. It is a good game. We have some of the top. All the good games are in prime time this week. Yeah, they did a good job scheduling this. Well, um, unless you like watching football during the day on Sunday, then you're really shot of luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we got some of the best running backs going up against each other, and two. 
really good quarterbacks, fantasy-wise at least, going up against each other here. Alvin Kamara is the number 12 running back on the season despite having missed a few games already this year. He's going up against Tampa Bay. They've allowed two games all season long of over 100 yards. And really the, the next closest game um, is an 88-yard game. Last time against New Orleans, they, the running back position actually scored 30 points in that week. So Alvin Kamara has the potential to still put up a lot of points. He does do some damage in the passing game. And last time against Tampa Bay, he got 16 and a half of those 30 points. Uh, so just over half. Um, I think this is a week where he's probably going to be at 12 or less points for the week. Um now looking at the other side of the ball, under twelve points. I think he scores under twelve. I'll Ooh. take the over. Oh come on! Okay. Can you bet both John and I in that bet? Because no. I'll take that all day. That's full PPR or half PPR, Bob. Uh, this is. I was looking at full PPR stats. Wow, God, that's a terrible bet for you, Bobby. Are you taking the bet? Well, he already did. Yeah, I, I made the statement. I'm going to stand by it. So here, I'm typing this in here. Um, all right. Are you just typing in one point for John? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the uh, the other side of the ball, Leonard Fournette, uh, if you're someone who waited to draft a running back, if you got Leonard Fournette, you're extremely happy. He's the number three running back in full PPR point scores. Um, but he's going up against this number one against running backs, New Orleans defense that has allowed – one touchdown since week six and two rushing um, performances all season long of over 100 yards. So, again, we got two great running defenses playing against each other. Last time, Tampa Bay, 13 carries, 69 yards. Um, and then this is a game that actually Tampa Bay lost last time, too. Now, it was an away game. Um Fournette only got you 7.3 points last time against New Orleans. Eight carries, 26 yards, three catches, 17. Um, so it's kind of one of those got to kind of temper expectations a little bit. Joe, do you want to do this one? Because I'll, I'll say Leonard Fournette's under 13 points. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. We're just, so we're just piling. Letting us on. Back, John. I, I could well, see, I'm running away from I could see Fournette doing under that. I could see Bobby William both on. Huh? Uh, well, that's true. I, I mean, but I just don't see. I mean, I, I could. It's not impossible. Let's put it that way. And but that's why I'm saying I'm it. taking the other side of that every time. All right. I don't like having unders because then I have to cheer for like things to not happen, um, which makes it not so much fun. Um, beyond that, you're starting Tom Brady, and honestly, uh, Hill is very much in play um, for you to stream for this week. He's getting it done on the ground um, mostly, and we just saw what running quarterbacks can do. Scored 20 points the last two games. Another one where I expect you know a nice, solid performance out of the quarterback position here for Taysom Hill. Good. Um, yeah. All right, well, we got, we got our, all of our favorite game here on Monday night. Should be a fun one for us to watch. Hopefully we don't fail miserably as a Viking fan. But I'm going to start us off with one question. I got the game. Oh, we all thought we were all doing the game. Well, it was assigned to me. So okay. Well, I got one question. John takes the lead, but Joe can. Well, I just have one question, and then John, you can take it from there, or I can ask the question at the end. Whatever you want to do. I'll start. 
Yeah, you start because it's your game. All right. So Chicago has allowed the fourth most points to wide receivers this year, and Minnesota has allowed the most points to wide receivers this year. They're both in the bottom five for points allowed to quarterbacks. Okay. Chicago's fifth worst, Minnesota's fourth worst. So that's where I think the streamer for the week is Fields. I think he could have a huge game. They also think Mooney and Jefferson are up for huge games. Jefferson's had double-digit targets in four of the last five weeks. And then with Thielen out, I think Osborne has upside for wide receiver two. Um, in the game, I, th- I expect to be a shootout. Yeah. Minnesota can't stop anyone. Chicago can't stop anyone. The game's going to be a shootout. I think the only thing to watch for is it's in Chicago in December. True. If the weather's terrible, that's the only thing that's going to stop momentum. If there's no wind, if there's no wind, even if it's a colder game, it's I think it's going to be a shootout. If the winds are whipping in um, Chicago, then I think that's the only thing that stops this from being a shootout. Yeah. I think that's a fair statement. Uh, the one question I was going to ask, and I, you didn't even mention them, um, both teams are, are kind of middle to below average against the run. So my question is going to be, this game is in Chicago, and we all know how the Vikings like to mess that up. But who has a better game between Cook and Montgomery? Cook. You make it sound like it's such an easy decision. Joe, it is. Madison's out. I know Madison's out. But nobody's behind Montgomery in that offense. Well, Herbert's behind him in that offense. Yeah, but clearly. They mean Williams is behind him in that offense. They don't, neither of those guys get that involved in the game, period. I think Cook is a better play. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, in general, like this is a position that should be a fun one to watch this week uh, when it comes to fantasy. And I think both those players can be on Monday night going into the game. If you're down 15 to 20 points and all you got is either Cook or, um, uh, or Montgomery, I think you can look at that with a little bit of excitement thinking you have a chance to win. So are you saying that David Montgomery is going to score more points than Dalvin Cook? No, absolutely not. I'm saying that both those guys have a chance to have a good week. Oh, okay. I think so, everyone in this game has a chance to have a great week. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't think there's much debate. Robinson about might be startable. Well, and that's crazy too, right? <laughs> yeah. like, where, where's he been, right? But maybe he actually – Your third-round draft pick might have a good week. <laughs> he might be startable this week out of all things. Um, very good. I think that gets us through the slate. Anything else? Any any final notes here before Bob gives us his uh, cheers? I just have to say, like, good luck. I mean, this is the this is it. Um, I will uh, be a. I don't want to jinx uh, myself, so I'm going to actually stop saying what I was about to say. No, uh, say but it. well, I just I'm going to say I have a chance at winning four championships this year out of five leagues that I was in. One league of which was drafted last year in our dynasty league, and my team is absolutely dog shit. <laughs> Although I took second last year, so there's that. Um, so I, I'm gonna, I'm trying to make a, a clean sweep at the other four if I can make it. I think I got good chances. I think I have chances in three of them. Well, good luck. Yeah. So I'm wishing good luck to everybody, but I, I think I have a legit chance in three. I'm going against your wife this week. You are. That'll be a fun one. Do you want to bet with Brittany? We could probably, she'll probably make one with you. I mean, if you look at my first four picks, CMC's out. AJ Brown, out. <laughs> CD's been hurt for like half of the year. Yeah. And then Javante Williams is in a timeshare. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing that I made the playoffs. 
you really shouldn't have made the playoffs, but it's all good. All right, Bobby, what do you got for us? Let's, let's wrap this bad boy up. All right, well, here we go into the playoffs. And so um, let's let's just uh, keep it nice, light, and easy. I'm going to say good luck to everyone and say may your joys be as deep as the ocean and your troubles as light as its foam. Cheers. Cheers. Have a good night. Good luck, everyone.